Welcome to the CD Podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand and I'm the Clinical and Custom Content Editor. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Yusuf Ahmed. Yusuf is the Chief Pharmacist at the Practice Plus Group and the UK CPA Pain Group Educational Lead. Today, we're going to be discussing pain management in the pharmacy. We'll talk about the new NICE guidelines for chronic pain and what this means for the pharmacy team. We'll also discuss what this means for patients who present in the pharmacy with acute pain and how pharmacy teams should conduct the consultation on what treatment recommendations they can give. This podcast has been sponsored by Reckitt. First of all, I asked Yusuf to discuss the new NICE guidelines for chronic pain and how this will impact healthcare professionals at the pharmacy counter. It allowed us to firstly get a clearer definition of chronic pain because that definition itself has many connotations to it. But also the term chronic primary pain was clearly identified and chronic primary pain is pain that has no clear underlying condition or the pain and its impact appears to be out of proportion to any observable injury or disease. So it gave us some clarity around what constitutes chronic pain, the types of symptoms involved, the types of clarification. But more importantly, and what's relevant for pharmacy teams and healthcare teams, is the impact on patients. Now, it goes into providing a number of recommendations, and those recommendations are in two major buckets. The first bucket being around assessing chronic pain, both primary pain and secondary pain, and both. And the second bucket being how to manage it. And just quickly, just touching upon those individual buckets, within the first one around assessment of chronic pain, the new NICE guideline really focused on patient-centred assessment, which is vital for all teams, and particularly those at the pharmacy counter, to make decisions based on the patient in front of you, rather than making decisions that are predetermined by guidelines. And this is what something we've been advocating, me personally, and many of my chronic pain colleagues have been advocating, is to really look at the patient, the type of pain they're suffering, and focus on recommendations based on that. So what the NICE guideline really promotes is how to make that patient-centered assessment, what type of information you need, what type of shared decision-making needs to happen, and how you foster a collaborative and supportive relationship with the patient and the respective pharmacy or healthcare professional. It also further goes on to talk about how pain affects people's lives, which I think was very, very interesting. I firmly supported that recommendation within the new NICE publication because pain is not only physical, but also psychosocial. The well-being of the patient goes beyond just the physical manifestation of pain. And the NICE guideline really goes into how the bio and psychosocial impact of pain is important to assess. So looking at lifestyle, day-to-day activities, looking at sleep, looking at stressful events, looking at other matters which we perhaps don't typically do. So again, that provided more intel for healthcare professionals and those at the pharmacy counter to look at more holistic assessment of the individual at hand, which again goes into looking at how best to manage it. Looking at the second bucket within a NICE guideline, which is 
that of managing chronic pain and chronic primary pain. What for me really stood out was how the NICE guideline deciphered the importance of non-pharmacological management of pain versus pharmacological management of pain. What do we mean by that? So non-pharmacological methods such as exercise programs, physical activity, TENS machines, acupuncture, CBT, those are all great adjuvants to assist the management of pain in, in patients. And it really showed that these are important to look into, but at the same time, vitally important, is to concentrate on getting appropriate pharmacological treatments of pain. So what we think of medicines. And what the nice guy did very well was make it important for pharmacy and healthcare professionals to look at the pain arsenal in its entirety. So from all the way from paracetamol and ibuprofen to more stronger medications such as opioids, we need to look at the entire portfolio of, of pain therapy and look at what is suitable for that patient, what the patient has tried, what they've had success with, what they've had failures with, and what the assessment that you've made earlier has told you in terms of choosing the right therapy. So for me, it's vitally important that when you read the new NICE guideline, you focus on one, making sure that assessment is there, and two, making sure that the management is centric to that assessment and being very, very key to focusing around the patient and to the patient rather than doing upon the patient. What do these changes then mean for the management of acute pain? So for acute pain, what what it does mean is that we require to make sure that the questions we ask patients when we assess pain is clear, is concise, and gets to the bones of what the issue is. So what type of pain it is, how often they get it, if they get flare-ups, what types of symptoms they are, how do they describe their pain. So being very clear in that assessment. And secondly, around the management, choosing the therapy is vitally important. So the new NICE guidelines shone a reviewed lens onto the management of acute pain. So making sure that we focus on using the right early treatment. So how do we use paracetamol? How do we use ibuprofen? Do we choose the right therapy for the right patient? And more importantly, is the therapy being used in the way it's been designed to? So for example, like ibuprofen, is it being used three times a day? Is the dose appropriate? Is the patient using it for the length of time that is required? Are they being reviewed? So for acute pain, it really focuses on managing acute pain more aggressively because acute pain that's not managed well can result to chronic pain. And if we look at the definition of chronic pain, it's basically any type of pain that lasts longer than three months. Because that three months term is the arbitrary term that we define as pain that should be resolved. So, you know, chronic pain in an essence, acute pain that hasn't been managed well. And we often find that pharmacy is the first port of call for patients with acute pain. Can we look a bit further at the role of the pharmacy team in the pain management consultation? Can you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, of course. So pharmacy teams play a central role in that conversation. And just preceding that, it's vital to acknowledge that many, many people go to community pharmacies as their first protocol for many minor ailments, including acute pain. And therefore, the assessment 
of especially those trying to seek pain therapy has to be really, really clear. So what do I mean by that? So firstly, around the questioning, are we equipped to question appropriately to get to the crux of what type of pain it is and how the patient has been suffering it? And I think that clarity of pain professionals being very clear of what is nerve pain, neuropathy pain is another term that we use, or what is non-nerve pain or nociceptive pain. So nociceptive pain is like the pain you get from a bruise or a broken ankle. And neuropathic or nerve pain is pain that is described such as pins and needles. So I think it's very important within the consultation that the pharmacy professional is aware of the different types of pain, aware of the questions that they should be asking, and then at the same time be aware of the therapies that are open to them. Because some patients may require paracetamol, some patients may require ibuprofen, some patients may require a combination of therapy. So it's vital to understand and tailor the therapy based on the questions you ask them. And then what I stress to a lot of my pharmacy colleagues is that every type of pain consultation is different because pain is one of those conditions that is very, very subjective based on the patient's descriptors. And unfortunately, it's not like blood pressure. I can't put a cuff on your arm and define your blood pressure. I can't do that with pain. It's the questions and the descriptors that we use that are the key parameters on, on how we define what type of questions and what type of therapy we, we give. And what should we be looking out for with regards to red flags for when we should refer a patient to their GP? Some of the red flags that we need to look for is the duration of acute pain. Typically, patients will present to a community pharmacy or any healthcare professionals with pain that potentially has been lasting longer than it should. So the longevity of that acute pain, and if a patient says, I've had this pain for six months, that's a distinct red flag. Also, when pain is associated with a particular episode, so such as a surgical episode, if a patient comes to you that's recently had a hip replacement that is still suffering from acute pain, then that is a potential flag that it may require follow-up or may require referral on. Other types of red flags, such as symptoms which are hereditary to something else. So, for example, if there is unexplained bruising or pain can't be explained, there might be some underlying condition there. Equally, if a patient has had descriptors of severity, so such as saying my pain is traveling up and down my leg, that is another cause of referral. So any acute pain that is unusual, travels, that's been there for a long period of time, that's unexplained, are really red flags that need to be referred on. And those are quite clear. And I think from a pharmacy or a healthcare professional in the community, I think those are very clear cut. I think for me, it's important to be able to identify them and equally have those processes where you can make a referral on quite quickly. Because one of the other keys around referrals and red flags is making sure that patients are seen by that relevant GP or that relevant medic. So making sure that you have a clear pathway of referring on is vitally important, just as well as the red flags. Okay, so now moving on to talk a bit more about treatment options. So what advice should the pharmacy team be giving patients who come into the pharmacy with symptoms of acute pain? The advice that pharmacy teams should give when treating acute pain is twofold. One, non-pharmacological and secondly, pharmacological pain. And if, if you look at the pharmacological advice that they should be given, it's quite clear 
that is very, very important. And it's in, particularly in relation to, to taking the therapy that it's advised as per the manufacturer wants to use it. So for example, with ibuprofen, to take it three times a day, to take it regularly, obviously to avoid ibuprofen with anyone with a history of any GI disease, but more importantly, to make sure that you holistically assess the patient for that therapy, make sure that you advise to take them three times a day, which normal ibuprofen you do, and to make sure that they take it for a period of time that's relevant. What we find quite often with both ibuprofen and paracetamol, some of the mainstay treatments of acute pain, is that it's taken periodically by the patient, taken ad hoc, just when the pain is most severe. And what we know with some of the therapies that we advise, such as paracetamol, taking it regularly really promotes good pain relief. And actually taking it ad hoc has a negative impact to achieving the pain relief that is required. So clear advice here is for the pharmacy teams to advise patients to take the therapy that's suitable for them as per the manufacturer advises, and more importantly, to tailor the therapy based on the patient at hand. So making sure that we advise paracetamol or ibuprofen to the relevant cohort that's suitable for their patient profile. And then there's non-pharmacological advice that pharmacy teams should be giving. So such as with back pain, that age-old advice of lying on your bed no longer exists. In fact, that's counterintuitive. It's important those with back pain that they continue to live a normal life. And personally, as a, as a person that suffers back pain, I know this as well as many people, that when you have back pain, it's excruciating and all you want to do is just sit down but you have to force yourself up and you have to keep yourself moving. That aids recovery. So pharmacy teams are very important to make sure that they give that advice to people that suffer, say, back pain, but equally give that advice relevant to that particular acute pain. So I think that two things that which pharmacy teams should be doing in terms of advice to patients. So I wanted to ask you about some of the misconceptions around the GI side effect profile for ibuprofen short-term use. So the ibuprofen short-term use, the GI side effect profile really focuses at tailoring ibuprofen to patients that do not have a history of GI disease. Over the years, what we find with ibuprofen is that making sure that we take appropriate past medical history of the patient and target those patients that don't have a GI disease or GI background, you get a better side effect profile. And some of the misconceptions have been, and I know from my own experience, that some patients that say, for example, have asthma or have GI disease can never, ever, ever take ibuprofen, which is not necessarily the case. And I know from my own background, my father, who's an asthmatic, actually can take ibuprofen and has taken it in the past. And I know from my own experience, those that have some degree of GI disease have taken it well. But I think more importantly here is that to say that ibuprofen should be used as per the manufacturer, should be used with the doses that the manufacturer recommends and for the duration that they recommend and targeting it to patients that perhaps don't have a GI background, which is vitally important for me personally is vital. There's also been a lot of conversation around the comparisons to ibuprofen and paracetamol, both in terms of the GI safety, but also in terms of efficacy. 
So both in terms of efficacy, firstly, NICE guidelines recommend that either is suitable. So that's quite clear that you could use either for acute pain, especially acute pain in primary care, but again, with that targeted approach. So if there is perhaps more swelling or inflammation related to that particular assessment of that pain, then ibuprofen may be a better option, but both are, from the NICE guidelines, equipotent. In terms of the GI safety profile, both can be used safely if you make sure you targeted those that don't have a GI background. During the pandemic, there were some concerns about using ibuprofen for patients with COVID-19. Can you talk to me a bit about these safety concerns and what the guidance is now for the use of ibuprofen in these patients? COVID-19 guidelines of all formats have changed over the last 18-19 months. And that's because we've had to learn what the disease is, learn how it affects the body, and more importantly, learn how it interacts with other conditions, other medicines, and the environment that we live in. And yet, what we're finding is, is that COVID-19, like many other infections, can live in harmony with ibuprofen. And ibuprofen is safe to be used with those with COVID-19 infection. And I would say that the evidence is growing that ibuprofen can support in the recovery of of COVID-19 based on the symptoms at hand. So yeah, I agree that safety concerns were raised very early on in the pandemic, but that was perhaps due to us not knowing the longevity of how COVID-19 affects the people and the conditions and the medicines they live with. But what we see now is that it's safe to be used, especially with acute pain. Short-term use of ibuprofen in particular is safe with COVID-19 infection. And I would say, as we learn more about the disease, this will be further cemented. And finally, Yusuf, could you just summarise to me the importance of managing acute pain in the pharmacy? That is vitally important to manage acute pain well and to manage it effectively because if it isn't, it can result in chronic pain manifesting. And that is a roller coaster ride which we do not want to be on. One thing that I implore my healthcare professionals and pharmacy colleagues is to really be proactive when they see patients with acute pain, both in terms of assessment and management, but also onward referral when your your management doesn't seem to be working because that's when we're able to really influence the trajectory of pain in all regards when we are able to manage that acute episode well. And also just another point to say in summary that the NICE guideline is a very useful document. I would strongly encourage all colleagues to spend some time just looking at the NICE guidelines and in particularly those two key buckets, one of how to assess and secondly, of how to manage chronic pain and chronic primary pain in particular well. So I would implore uh, colleagues to really visit the NICE guidelines and have a look at that. That was Yusuf Ahmed, Chief Pharmacist at the Practice Plus Group and the UK CPA Pain Group Educational Lead. We discussed the new NICE guidelines for chronic pain, what this means for patients with acute pain and what the pharmacy team should consider during the consultation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on SoundCloud or your preferred app. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.